Hey, y'all, we're rerunning two episodes today. Enjoy the show. What's up, everyone? Welcome to This Day in History class, where we bring you a new tidbit from history every day. The day was June 6, 1984. Soviet-Russian computer engineer Alexei Pajitnov launched a video game he called Tetris. Today, Tetris is one of the best-selling video games of all time. Pajitnov had been working at the Dorotnichin Computing Center of the Academy of Science of the USSR in Moscow as an artificial intelligence researcher. When the lab was sent new software, researchers there would figure out the software's power by writing a program for it. Pajitnov would sometimes make games as the simple programs. One game that Pajitnov particularly liked was pentominoes. A pentomino is a plain geometric figure made by joining five squares of the same size together edge to edge. In 1984, Pajitnov realized that pentominoes could be part of a good computer game. But there are 12 variations of pentominoes, which Pajitnov thought was too many. So he decided to go with tetrominoes, which use four squares and have only seven variations. He was working on a computer called the Electronica 60, which had a text-based display. So he had to create the puzzle pieces using letters. Then he set up the procedures for the game, which are fairly simple. The player flips and rotates puzzle pieces of different colors and shapes as they fall, so they fit together. As the pieces form solid rows, rows disappear to make room for more. The player loses when a puzzle piece hits the top of the screen. Once the game was refined, he and his colleagues found it enjoyable. The game was soon ported to a PC. Pajitnov called the game Tetris, which was a combination of the words tetromino and tennis. The first playable version of the game was released on June 6, 1984. Early on, players used floppy disks to copy and share the game. It quickly spread across Moscow, and soon the PC version was sent to Hungary. Pirated versions spread to Western countries. In Hungary, the game was put on display in a software exhibit at the Hungarian Institute of Technology. Hungarian programmers had made versions of the game for other computers, including the Apple II. Owner of Andromeda Software Limited, Robert Stein, saw the game there and found out Pajitnov was the creator. But Pajitnov had granted his rights to the game to the government for 10 years. Electronork Technica, or ELORG, was a state-owned organization that controlled the export of computer software from the Soviet Union. It was responsible for licensing Tetris, and it handled all rights to the game. ELORG licensed Tetris to Stein, who licensed it to distributors Spectrum Holobyte and Mirrorsoft Limited in the US and UK respectively. The version Spectrum Holobyte design had Russian-themed imagery and music. Tetris was one of the first pieces of software to be exported from the Soviet Union to the United States. After some conflict over the right to distribute Tetris on devices other than computers, Elorg signed rights for an arcade version over to Atari and non-Japanese console and handheld rights over to Nintendo. A copy of Tetris came bundled with every Game Boy, helping spur the device's success. Even though Tetris was becoming a hit around the world, Pajitnov did not make much money in the beginning. But in 1996, 
when the Russian license expired, the rights to the game went back to Pajitnov and he began to collect royalties. He and game licensor Hank Rogers founded the Tetris Company, which owns Tetris rights worldwide. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you're so inclined, you can follow us at TDIHC Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And if you're interested in learning even more about history, then I suggest you listen to another podcast I host called Unpopular. In it, you'll hear the stories of people in history who challenged the status quo to create meaningful change, even when their dissent had serious consequences. And I'll try to parse what their dissent can teach us about protest and contrarianism today. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you tomorrow. Hey y'all, I'm Eves, and welcome to This Dan History Class, a podcast where we peel back a layer of history every day. I hope you all are doing well. I'm still here in my closet, but I am so excited that I still get to bring you a new episode of this podcast every single day. I hope you all are holding up, and I hope that this podcast is bringing you some spot of joy every single day. With that said, on with the show. The day was June 6, 1825. Kamehameha III, the third king of the Kingdom of Hawaii, ascended to the throne. Kamehameha III was Hawaii's longest reigning monarch. Kamehameha III was the son of Kamehameha I and the younger brother of Kamehameha II. Kamehameha II and one of his wives, Kamamalu, died in 1824 in London after contracting measles. On June 6, 1825, less than a year after the death of his brother, Kawikayoli took the throne as Kamehameha III. He was young when he ascended to the throne, so he initially shared his rule with Ka'ahumanu. Ka'ahumanu was the Kuhina Nui, or Queen Regent, and she was also his stepmother. She embraced Christianity, and before Kamehameha III took the throne, she had issued edicts that were based on the moral teachings of the Bible. Ka'ahumanu placed emphasis on education, and she instituted laws against murder, theft, adultery, and brawling. But in 1832, Ka'ahumanu died. At that point, Kamehameha's sister, Kinao, took Ka'ahumanu's place. But the next year, Kamehameha assumed power in his own right. For a short time, Kamehameha rebelled against his Christian teachings, but he soon settled into his role and worked to formalize Hawaiian government. In 1838, former missionary William Richards resigned from the church and became a political advisor. He taught the king and his counselors Western ideas of law and economics. That year, Kamehameha promulgated the Declaration of Rights as well as the Edict of Toleration, which was issued under the threat of force by the French government. Under the edict, Roman Catholicism was legalized. And in 1840, Kamehameha enacted Hawaii's first constitution. The constitution was greatly influenced by Europeans, Americans, and Protestant missionaries. The introduction of the constitution marked the beginning of a new era of constitutional monarchy. Kamehameha established judicial and executive branches of government. In 1843, British Captain Lord George Paulette pressured Kamehameha 
into relinquishing the Hawaiian kingdom to British rule. But about five months later, British Admiral Richard Thomas restored Hawaiian sovereignty. At the end of this period, Kamehameha gave a speech in which he said, quote, the life of the land is perpetuated in righteousness. This statement became Hawaii's state motto. Under the Mahele in 1848, Kamehameha established a system of land ownership. Land was divided among chiefs, the king, and the government, and by 1850, commoners and foreigners could own land outright. Many commoners, though, did not know about the distribution. Another constitution in 1852 expanded the Declaration of Rights, and it put more checks on the monarch. By 1853, the U.S. was considering the annexation of Hawaii. Under Kamehameha's rule, British influence decreased in Hawaii, while U.S. influence increased. When Kamehameha took the throne, there were about 150,000 native people living in Hawaii. But because of epidemics, that number would be cut in half during his reign. The California gold rush brought more trade, but it also brought smallpox, which wiped out a lot of the Hawaiian population. Kamehameha died suddenly in 1854. He was succeeded by his nephew and adopted son, Kamehameha IV. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. And if you have any comments or suggestions, you can send them to us at thisday at iheartmedia.com. Feel free to leave a comment or share your thoughts with other listeners on social media. We're at TDIHC Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks so much for listening to the show, and we'll see you tomorrow. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.